Welcome back to In Gear with the Chef. I'm your host, AJ Hecht. In this episode, I'm joined by Matt Caldwell, the executive director of Tread Lightly, a nonprofit that aims to protect and enhance recreation access and promote outdoor ethics and good land stewardship. To promote their cause, Tread Lightly hosts trail restoration educational and outreach events to help educate recreationists across the nation about good recreational values. In this episode, we'll talk about some of those programs, how shops can get involved, what good land stewardship looks like, and a lot more. But before we get in gear with Matt Caldwell, let's first hear from this month's sponsor, Randy's Worldwide. Thank you for listening to In Gear with Randy's Worldwide. As a leader in aftermarket drivetrain performance, Randy's has what you need to upgrade, repair, and restore vehicles back to 1948. Shop the brands of Carly Suspension, Icon Vehicle Dynamics, Yukon Gear and Axle, Dynatrack, USA Standard Gear, some Broda drivetrain, and more. Trust Randy's for the largest inventory of parts and the best in technical support. Find us on the web at randysworldwide.com. I'm here with Matt Caldwell. He's the executive director of Tread Lightly. Matt, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me. Of course. Yeah. So I just want to start out by asking you to tell us a little bit about Tread Lightly. Yeah. So Tread Lightly is a national nonprofit. And uh, really, our goal is to to focus on keeping our trails that we love to off-road on uh, open and and accessible so we can continue to uh, enjoy the fun that we like to have on them. For sure. Um, so what does that look like in practice? I mean, on the ground, what what do you guys do to help spread your cause and your message? Yeah, so it it comes to life really in three main things. So uh, I love what you just said, like boots on the ground, trail restoration work mm-hmm. is, is really kind of the foundation. Mm-hmm. Then that leads to education work. Uh, so I... I jokingly say all the time, you know, at some point I'd love where we could work ourselves out of having to do the stewardship work because we've educated everybody so well, <laughs> um, but I that probably won't happen. And then, you know, the last piece is, you know, outreach and communication, both, you know, at events and making sure we're, we're visible to people, um, but also communicating the positive work that's being done in the community. Sure. Um, so, I mean, what does good land stewardship look like? I mean, what, what do those things look like when, you know, you're actually out there practicing those things? For me, uh, I, I kind of point to, we have what we call the tread principles. So, mm-hmm. you know, tread is an acronym. Uh, T is travel responsibly. R is respect the rights of others. E is educate yourself. A is avoid sensitive areas and D is do your part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one that probably resonates the most with me is do your part. I think everybody has a part to play in mm-hmm. land management, not just our land managers uh, as individuals. Um, everybody can can do their part to make sure that we can continue to enjoy this. If the, the example I like to give regularly is, hey, I bring a trash bag along for me, but how about I bring a second one and share it with somebody else on the trail that might not have one? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, how important are public lands and public land access to kind of the off-road industry at large? I mean, obviously people need land to off-road on. So, I mean, how big of a role does that play in terms of, you know, the the popularity of off-roading and, I mean, the potential growth of it? 
Well, I'll, I'll use two examples. I moved out West from the East Coast and and obviously the opportunities that we have to off-road on the East Coast are no way comparable to what we enjoy <laughs> out West. Mm-hmm. We actually have a uh, have a partner that we work with even in the UK. So there is a Tread Lightly Trust UK. Um, so there's an off-roading group over there. And uh, the guy that I work with over there, he every time I throw out how many miles of trails we have in a state here, you know, Arizona, we've got somewhere <laughs> around 50,000. Uh, Utah's probably got, you know, 70,000. Mm-hmm. He he tells me all the time, he's like, Matt, we have 2,000 miles of trails on the UK. So we yeah. have to protect every single one we have. And, I, you know, I think that's the key for uh, for us in the U.S., we need to ultimately do our part to protect what we have. I mean, being respectful and responsible with other people on the trails, you know, picking up after ourselves, making sure we're not traveling off trail. All of those things are are pretty simple in the big mm-hmm. scheme of things, but they all lend us to be able to to continue to to off road in those areas we want to enjoy. Do, do you feel like off roading kind of has a good reputation as is a group of people that kind of help take care of the land? Wow, that's a really good question. <laughs> I would I would say it de- it depends on um it depends on the environment you're in. I mean, mm-hmm. I was in a group uh last year we had a, a kind of uh get together with a a group of recreation folks and mm-hmm. there was a mix of both human powered transportation and or recreation and and motorized recreation. Mm-hmm. And when we started the day, I would say the opinion of motorized recreation was was probably negative to maybe somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. But after we were able to three or four of us were able to share like here's all of the things that the motorized community is doing, mm-hmm. I, I feel like we were able to to shift some of that perspective. I mean, we have trail work that you you couldn't physically get to if it wasn't for motorized vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we wouldn't be able to have some of the trails that we have without motorized vehicles. That ultimately spreads motorized recreation out and and makes it where we don't have to be on some of the same trails as say you know a mountain bike uh, person or something like that. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's one of the things from a communication standpoint for us that's important you know, not just doing project and trail restoration work Mm -hmm. um, or other groups doing that, but getting that information out and talking to people about that. So they know the positive work that's being done by the off-road community. Mm -hmm. Um, How have you been able to do that with the growth of kind of the off-roading and overlanding industry that we've seen in the last couple of years? So it's required us to grow our funding and then Mm -hmm. ultimately grow our team. Um, that's really how it's, you know, has to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came on, I, I started at tread lightly in October of, of 20, um, kind of in the middle of the boom of yeah, uh, sure. recreation that was going on. Um, so we did a couple things. First of all, our entire team at that time was in Utah. Mm-hmm. We've now spread out our team. Um, so we have program managers in the Southeast and South Carolina, the Northeast and Pennsylvania, and then we have team members in Wyoming, Utah, Arizona, Nevada, and California. Wow. So, you know, being being on the ground in those areas and being able to see, hey, what are the things that need done without even having to ask the land manager mm-hmm. um, has been really important. And then, you know, sharing the positive work that's being done so that 
we get the industry partners to come on board and um, support the efforts that we've got. We've we've gone from eight a team of eight to a team of thirteen, um, and you know we'd love to keep being able to grow that team so we can have more impact in different places. Yeah, I mean, what are some of the challenges challenges that you guys are facing as you kind of try and try and grow? I, I think you know one of the biggest challenges that we see is is just the the challenges that the land managers have in terms of resources. Mm -hmm. um, so I've had a land manager tell us recently they should have as many as 15 people in wow. their area mm -hmm. and they have three. Yeah. Yeah. That's so not great. No. So, I mean, even if we, we sometimes come and say, Hey, we want to do this project or we want to do this trail restoration work that's just a lot for them to even think about and get their head wrapped around when there's three of them rather than 15 of them. True. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's a huge challenge and it's um, you know, we understand too, that sometimes that puts uh, the land managers in kind of a negative opinion of some of the people that, you know, from the community. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the reality is that's where we can kind of jump in and, and hopefully bridge that gap, but it's a definite challenge. This week's In Gear is brought to you by Randy's Worldwide. Randy's is the leader in aftermarket drivetrain performance, coast-to-coast -coast distribution centers, in-stock parts, and the best tech support. We're sure to get you what you want when you need it. Shop the best performance brands, including Carly Suspension, Icon Vehicle Dynamics, Yukon Gear and Axle, Dynatrack, and more. Trust Randy's for the largest inventory of parts and the best technical support. Find us on the web at randysworldwide.com. How can shops play a role in, in this mission? You know, I think one of the biggest things that shops can do is help with the educational process. Um, you know, something as simple as, you know, shops right now are building amazing machines that can go almost anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, as most of the people in the community know, like we, we have to stay on designated routes. We have to stay in those places that are, that are deemed appropriate and when we venture off of those, that's when we have the potential to for areas to get shut down. So mm -hmm. um, I think just helping to educate, like, you know, where should this person go ride uh, is a huge one. I think the other issues are like kind of safety focused. Mm -hmm. um, we've got somebody that's new, you know, to adventure travel or overlanding. What are those things that you need to bring with you? Like, what are those things you need to account for ahead of time, whether that's fuel or water or, mm -hmm. you know, what your vehicle is capable of? Uh, what are you capable of? Um, you know, sometimes our ability is not up to the level of our rig. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really where uh, the shops can come in and, and help be part of that process to how do we help uh, somebody that's new have the best experience possible? Sure. I mean, do you think that will help better connect them with the off-roading communities in their area? I think it. Uh, I think it will for sure. Um, you know, I think we see a. You know, the the shops. I think for me can take the place of where we now have the absence of kind of those clubs that we used to have. I mean, that's mm -hmm. really was kind of the club role years mm -hmm. ago, um, but kind of that that old school club in a lot of cases and a lot of areas is, has really died off. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our clubs have become more uh, a, a group on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we get together and ride, you know, once a month or something. Mm-hmm. But I think our shops may have the most face-to-face interaction mm-hmm. uh, with the, the person that's driving that rig the most. And uh, that's why I think it's really important uh, for the shops to to use that as an opportunity to help educate. Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, they're the ones speaking with these these off-roaders every day. I mean, is there an avenue for them to help you guys out? Yeah, I think there's there's always that avenue. Um, and I think there's a couple things that it can be, you know, pointing people to the the Tread Lightly website and, mm-hmm. and the amount of information that's on there to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we last year we did 120 trail projects in 22 states. We had almost 2,200 volunteers show up for those. So, you know, if the shop wants to show up and be part of that, or, you know, they want to push that news out to their customers and, you know, bring their customers out, or if a shop wants to reach out to Tread Lightly and say, hey, I want to do a project in my area. Can you help me, you know, facilitate this with the land manager? We're like all for that and and be willing to to help and jump in uh, and support that in any way possible. Have any shops already done that with you guys? So we've got a couple different shops that have done to, uh, some some work like that in different areas. Uh, we have Pine Grove Premium Outfitters in Pennsylvania. Um, we've worked with them and, and we've got some projects coming up with them. Uh, Mainline Overland is another group that's that's jumped in with us and, and done some project work. We actually built a bridge in wow. uh, Southern Vermont last year. So yeah, we've got some shops that have jumped in and uh, we enjoy, you know, being able to connect with them and find the right thing that is a good fit for them in their area. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned earlier um, about, you know, the the vast difference between East Coast and West Coast in terms of public land availability. Um, Do you feel like shops on the East Coast are a little more motivated just because there, there isn't that same volume of land available to use? I, I think it's a good question. I think in a lot of cases, yeah, I think you're, you're spot on. And, you know, we've, we've gone, you know, let's go back in history, not too far back, but we've also probably lost some areas on the East coast, um, large areas, um, mm-hmm. more recently that people can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think we talk about losing access and some people have never experienced it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they don't, know what that looks like but i think yeah the east coast the opportunities aren't as large um and maybe some of the most recent uh you know closures have been more impactful and more recent so uh it's maybe top of mind a little bit more yeah so i i'm i'm not an off-roader i've never you know i mean i've been a time or two but it's never something that i've pursued personally um not to say it's not fun or anything but um for people like me who haven't been involved in the industry for very long. I mean, what what are the kinds of things that are are threatening public lands like this? Yeah, so, so some of the biggest threats right now to public land, um, you know, is number one, it's volume. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much volume out on the trail systems right now. So I would really encourage people like get out, find a new place to 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 wheel. Don't always wheel in the same spot mm-hmm. um you know maybe look for a spot that's that's new and different and and not everybody um ventures there every week um 
we moved uh, to Utah uh, quite a few years ago. We live in Arizona now, but that's one of the things that we did was, you know, we always tried to not go ride in the same spot. Um, mm -hmm. Go find someplace new, find someplace different. Um, number two, I would say is stay on the designated routes mm -hmm. um, when you are traveling. Uh, you know, sadly, the community, people within the community that do off-trail travel or, or do things that aren't responsible, um, you know, I'm in a place where I then hear about that a lot at a, mm -hmm. uh, a state or governmental level or a land mm -hmm. manager level. And, um, you know, sadly, we provide some of the strongest ammunition <laughs> for <laughs> uh, for the op uh, people that oppose motorized recreation. So, mm -hmm. you know, you know, again, I mentioned Arizona, we have 50,000 miles of trails here in Arizona, like there's plenty of opportunity that there's not a need to go creating, you know, new trails. So sure. the, those two are, are really big ones for me. Um, you know, the last one I think I would just say is, you know, if, if you're packing it in, pack it out. I mean, it sure. sounds really simple, but you know, the amount of cleanup work that tread lightly and, and a lot of other like-minded organizations do is it's pretty mind blowing, Mm -hmm. uh, how much trash gets pulled off of public land. And that's not, I know that that's not all the off-road community. There's a lot mm -hmm. of people that just use public land as their opportunity to dump whatever, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, let's be part of the solution to that and, and remove stuff when we can and, and not be part of the problem. Yeah. Um, so, so what are some tips that shops can share with their customers? I mean, you've kind of mentioned some things, um, but just what are some tips that they can easily share to customers about good land stewardship? Yeah. So I would, for, for me, I would point them to uh, their local land managers when it comes to where they can ride and, and where they can't. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wouldn't leave it to, uh, you know, people a lot of times, especially if they're new, just to, to figure that out. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of really great tools out there, like all of the mapping apps and, and such, but you know, make some solid suggestions of where uh, people should go kind of on, the shop understands the capabilities of that vehicle mm -hmm. um, probably uh, as well, if not better sometimes than the, the owner, you know, so make sure that they're suggesting the right place um, to go. The other thing I would say is, you know, the educational opportunities, um, mm -hmm. you know, I know quite a few shops have, you know, a 101, 201 type program where they can bring people in and continue to educate those people, mm -hmm. um, you know, or if you've got other people in your area that, that do that, I think it's, pointing people to, to the information. I mean, there's a lot of really great information out there, um, for the community. Um, but I think sometimes if, if people are new, they just don't always know where to find it. Sure. So the tread lightly websites, you know, a great place to do that. Um, and you know, there's a lot of local organizations as well that could provide that information. Sure. Um, I just want to ask you before we wrap up here. I mean, obviously this is something that you care about a lot. If you're, this is a career that you've made out of this. Um, I mean, what is it that you love about off-roading? Like what is it to you that you're willing to dedicate your life to this? Yeah. So I, I grew up in a, a family that was, you know, we were, we were into outdoor recreation more, but more like, you know, stick and ball type sports mm -hmm. than uh, anything automotive. Um, you know, that's kind of a passion that, um, I've developed over time, but before tread lightly, I spent a bunch of time, um, with, uh, BF Goodrich and BF Goodrich's agency. And, you know, I found off-roading was really just a, a place of escape for me. 
Um, mm-hmm. My brain kind of goes a thousand miles per hour in a thousand different directions. Mm-hmm. And if, if I'm in the, you know, in the desert or I'm up in the mountains on, you know, in one of the rigs, I, I've got to kind of focus. I've got to make sure I'm paying attention to, to one thing mm-hmm. um, to make sure I can keep going. And it really, it's, it's a, it's a release for me. And that's why I came to tread lightly. Um, mm-hmm. I want other people to, um, to be able to experience, uh, everything that off-road has of experience. I mean, amazing views, amazing, you know, seat time, uh, with friends and, and time to get out and enjoy. We're spoiled. I mean, the <laughs> amount of public lands that we have to enjoy, you know, it, there's not a lot of other places that have that. And I want, I want people to be able to continue to enjoy that, you know, not just today, tomorrow, next month, but like next generation, mm-hmm. you know, I want my kids, kids to be able to enjoy that. Sure. So that, that that's why it's important to me. Awesome. Um, so just to wrap things up, I mean, how can people get involved with, with tread lightly? Yeah. So the, the easiest way to get involved with tread lightly is, um, you know, you can go on our website. Uh, obviously people b- become individual members of tread lightly and, and support our mission, uh, which is always, uh, fantastic. And, you know, our, our volunteers and partners and members, they make a lot of things happen for us. Um, if you're looking for opportunities to maybe be a volunteer and, and work on a project with us, the best place to do is follow us on social media. Um, we're really active on Facebook and Instagram both, and you'll see flyers out there that will tell you projects that we have going that we need volunteers for. You know, they'll give you all the dates and the essentials that you need to bring and uh, the location, and they've got an RSVP that you can go sign up and say, hey, I'm going to be there to help. Um, so make sure that you follow us on social media, um, on Facebook, um, you could find us pretty easily. Sometimes people get a little confused. The tread lightly UK thing does come up sometimes. So just make sure you've, you've got the right one. And then on Instagram, uh, it's tread lightly team is our handle on Instagram. Awesome. Well, Matt, that was awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me. Thanks again to Matt for joining the show. If you'd like to find out more information about Tread Lightly and its programs, head to treadlightly.org. Also, thank you to Randy's Worldwide for sponsoring this episode. You can learn more about Randy's at randysworldwide.com. If you enjoyed this episode, check out the rest of our catalog on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, or head to theshopmag.com where you can subscribe to our magazine and daily newsletter. That's all I've got for this episode, so thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, AJ Hecht. Cheers.